0: Hello, 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 and welcome to Tea and Talk, our podcast for moms, where we discuss hot pepper topics, chat with notables, influencers, and share our everyday lives with you. We're all Brooklyn-born and bred Caribbean-American moms living in the suburbs, giving you a dose on how we navigate life in the hood, motherhood, sisterhood, childhood, the neighborhood. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. If you do, like, share, and comment. First thing, ladies, ladies, did anybody watch Ava DuVernay's uh, Netflix series, uh, When They See Us?
1: I, I haven't watched it, but I, and I said this to somebody on one of their comments. I lived it. I remember in 89. When yeah, I was a,
0: we all did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When I was in junior high school and Daily News had this big article about these kids wilding out. And I was like, we're the same age. I'm the same age as these 14 and 13 year olds. And Mm -hmm. I can't imagine and I don't even know these boys, but in my heart. I said, I can't imagine kids my age Doing this. I said, this doesn't even sound right. I said, I don't think that they did this But you know when you're 14 and you're telling people I don't think this is real I don't think this is true and they're showing you pictures of kids that look like your friends that people that you could have hung out with Mm -hmm. it just hurt me to a point where I just could not believe, like even to this day, I would tell my kids never go out in the park at late at night because you might be caught up in something and you know you never know what's going to happen. And it's, it's so good that they got them off and they were found innocent. But I'm telling you, at 14 and 13, when this news came out, I knew it was wrong. That's interesting. It's
0: interesting that you say that. And I agree with you that it was wrong. I think I was too young because I also was around, I was a little bit older than you when that case came out back in the 80s. Yeah. Um 89. I think when I first saw it, you know, you grow up with Caribbean parents, and my mom has a very different perspective than the rest of African American people do. Mm-hmm. Um she believes what the press says. And so the wilding thing became something that she saw as very negative. You know, my mom lived out the news. To this day, she watches the channel of the news and thinks that everybody that's on the news it's terrible and there's all this rape and stuff going in, on in the world and she'll call me and tell me you know make sure you lock your door cuz somebody came in someone's house last night and i'm like mommy there's millions of people in this world you know yeah. um but i remember believing it and then i remember later on watching the videos of them being coerced and yes. having a lot more yeah. hindsight at that point to realize that that was wrong. Then I remember so they waited. When they showed yeah. the pictures of them yeah.
1: in the newspapers,
0: all of them had bruised faces. They all have bruised faces. Uh-huh. And, and then Al Sharpton was behind them. And at that time, we all pretty much not disliked, awesome. we didn't like Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton was not, you know.
1: Your best defense. My parents hated, that,
2: hated him. Right, hated him. right.
0: And so there was a lot of question marks even in the black community with these kids. Eight years later, we knew more about DNA. and We realized at that point, that was when they released the, the DNA evidence that absolved them, mm-hmm. right? And they still remained guilty. Still remained I mean, they're still in prison. Yeah, they were still, well, some of them had gotten out. Corey was still in prison. Mm-hmm. The one who ended up at Rikers or at the adult prison, but the rest of them had already gotten out, but they were still, this was still their label.
1: And they were, they were considered sex offenders.
0: They couldn't work, they couldn't teach. You know, Yusuf wanted to become a teacher when he got out and they were like, you can't teach, bro. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't be around kids, you can't be around here, you can't be around there. So they were literally
1: completely chopped off at the feet for mm-hmm. their lives. They had to absorb they, all their records. Let me, let me say this. When their record this, was cleared. Mm-hmm. This this is why I, I think a lot of West Indian parents shelter their kids a lot. Yeah. Because yeah. when, that, when that happened, my mother became hypersensitive mm-hmm. to us being outside even before the lights came on. Like yeah. my mother was like, I don't want y'all. That's why my mother said, I give you your friends because they were just outside being kids and, yeah. and, and they just got wrapped up into something. And as a yeah. parent back in the 80s, kids were still able to go outside and play. But right after that, nope. Nope, but you know
0: West Indian parents never had their kids out that late. Never. I remember my block, the kids, once the lights were out, the kids were in the house. You were oh, not yeah. outside later I'm than you that.
1: Couldn't be outside. My mother I'm has, we, outside. we could not be out, we could not be out in the morning, we had to be out after, after noon. Like yes. after 12, we could be mm-hmm. outside. And even then it was close to the house, near the house, on the porch.
2: Okay, yeah. so I have to find a way to say this as politically correct as I can. Go ahead. Not not only were Caribbean parents very strict, but they also often warned us, "I don't want you playing with those children." True.
1: Yes. And
2: when and when I say those children, I mean the children that they saw on the news, like yes. these young men.
0: That's exactly not what not I was trying to say. Mm-hmm.
2: Not understanding that these children were being railroaded and understanding yes. the system and the plight. Yes. That, African Americans have to go through yes. and as a result why you see these neighborhoods looking like this. And I think it was our generation that now has to teach our parents or have taught our parents, listen, it's a it's a larger story.
0: Yeah, because some just of just our kids are going through it. Yeah. Right. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. It's not just the headlines because I, I, I can I can say, you know, I've had my great aunts or my great grandmother say, I don't want you down that street playing with those children. And mm-hmm. it was because of the stereotypes that were fed to them. So yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm always the one that wanted to kind of bridge that gap. that, listen, ma, it's just not, it's not those children. It's a whole systematical thing yeah. that we have to be aware yeah. of, yeah. you know. And you have to
0: remember um, the eighties. The eighties was a time, and if you remember Ava DuVernay's documentary 13, that was a time where more black kids black people were locked up and put in jail for very minor crimes, more so than any other decade Mm. in our history, right? So during that time, they had those key words they called like predators and you know, all of these things were used to name black people who they perceived as bad. And then we had our upper class blacks looking down on kids that lived in Harlem that yep. lived in these neighborhoods and we started looking at them as predators as well. So when the case came out and they started saying wilding and they started saying things like that, we were looking down on them. A lot of people in the black community, we looked down on our own and that, that's something that was a shame, but we really didn't know better. Just like the parents, watching those parents in the interrogation room in that documentary, was the sad, I cried for those parents because they did not know did at not. that time that they should not trust the police.
1: You know what's crazy? Maybe because Haitian people, we have always been fighting, even with our military. You know, there's always so much... the first. Yeah, there's always so much unrest in Haiti. And that's because if a Haitian person feels wronged or if they feel the system is not working to the advantage of the the, the larger population, they will stand up and fight. So in something like the Abner Louima, when he was at a club, a Haitian club, and the cops picked him up and they, they did something bad to him. Yes, like, yes. Nice. You all you have to do is say one thing on, on Radio Soleil or one of our Haitian radio stations and we will get up and out mm. and march and fight. Yes. And we'll stay at the police station. I remember one time the cops came when I lived in Flatbush, the cops came down the block and they grabbed some young guy up. Everybody came that outside. We started screaming at the cops. We told them, "Let the boys go. You don't know what you're doing. This is not the neighborhood mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Like those parents, and I you know, I could only imagine what was going through their mind. It could have been the fact that they themselves did not feel that they were warranted the right to yeah. stand up for their kids. It but, was a di- yeah, it was a different
0: time. They did not know any better, and you could exactly. see that. they kept telling their kids to cooperate to, to with, exactly cooperate what them, tell them tell them the truth. No what, not one of them said we need to get a lawyer here, exactly. not one of them. This is a very different tondo. And I told Marky yesterday, I, sa- I sat down with him and I said, listen, when, if the police ever take you in, what are the three things you say to them? He goes, I want my mommy, I want my daddy, I want a lawyer. I said oh, those in that, in that order, okay? Call my mommy, call my daddy, call a lawyer. And that's it. I said, they can't ask you anything else after you ask for a lawyer. Because once that happens, you, I said, don't sign anything. And this is a conversation I'm having
1: with a nine-year-old. You need to, because they arrest 10-year-olds, nine-year-olds in their classrooms. They kill them. It's terrifying.
2: Not only did they not know that they could act for these things, but they played, a, they had to play along and thought that by playing along, their kids would be better off. Yes. Because, and the narrative with just media alone you have to listen so carefully in the morning when you listen to the news. Mm. Just sometimes you t- you have to sit back and say, "Wow, that description would be so different yeah. you know, if it was different circumstances." Oh, yes, and yes. It, yeah, certain things rub me the wrong way when it's when it's re- news is reported yeah. uh, in a different way for different circumstances. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, Corey, which was the oldest of them. He was the only one that was sent to an adult prison. Ugh. He was not prepared for an adult prison. Mm-hmm. He was not prepared for an adult prison. Um, also, when I looked at him, I looked at the movie. But what one thing people really need to watch is the documentary that came out on PBS. It's on YouTube. I think you can rent it for $1.99 on YouTube. But I watched it again this morning. Um, that documentary, when you listen to him talking, he oh. clearly isn't fully you know, capable of answering those questions for himself. His mother was a single mother who was not available. She was not there for him, because Mm. not because she didn't want to, but because she had to work. She had no money. She couldn't even fill up his commissary. So this was a child in an adult prison that couldn't (sighs) even defend themselves because the, the COs, everybody was looking for something that, you know, pay me and I'll take care of you. He had, no, she had no money to put in his commissary. So he was out there fending for himself in an adult prison and he had the longest sentence. He was in there for what, 13 or 15 years. And m- the majority of the time he was in isolation, Good. in solitary confinement because he could not handle being in an adult prison. He was a child. Um, of all of those stories, which were all sad, that one was the saddest story ever. So if you want to start watching it, Wait and give yourself some time to watch episode four. You
1: know, you know what? I have to say this because because this this always and it's something that's been turning in my mind. Jewish people, they have their bar for, for their sons mm. at 13. They tell their sons, you are a man now. Mm. Black people, we tell our sons very young, you are the man of the house. You're you're a big yeah. man. Big man. Yeah. But white people, they call their sons, little boys in their 20s mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yes. And we can't afford to do that with our kids. We can't mm-hmm. afford to do that we with our kids. can't afford to do it. I
1: tell you, when I watched this doc- ...adulthood so much earlier because yeah. reality can hit them at five, six, seven years old. I can never forget that movie I saw of that little kid being electrocuted in a chair. Mm, I saw that. You yeah. remember that?
0: Yes. And I'm gonna
1: tell you, the little kid
0: being executed in the chair, Emmett Till, the lynchings, those black and white photographs of lynching, that will all come, that was all the exact same thing that I watched in this four part documentary series in a different way. They just, they just reshaped it, you know? So now it's just the prison, the prison system, system, the police, the way they had it all structured, Made it another modern day lynching. You know what it is—a modern day Emmett Till—and they were all, they were all victims, including the jogger. I feel right, including the jogger.
1: Black people in America will never be be looked at as equals because what has been done to them—yeah, this yeah. begot onto this soil—yeah, was so bad, was so egregious that everybody's so fully aware of it. And that's why I think white people are afraid.